Hey readers, you're listening to the Positron Chicago Podcast. Positron is a site for science fiction and fantasy book lovers, and we usually stick around Chicago, but for this episode we're going a bit further afield to talk about Wiscon. That's the feminist science fiction convention held every year in Madison. This year, members of the Think Galactic Book Club joined up to form BikeCon, and we rode our bicycles there through the rolling hills of Wisconsin. Positron on the road update. We're at mile 70 on our trip to Madison. We just stopped at the Decatur Dairy Co-op. And yeah, how's everybody doing? Michael, how you doing? Uh, this is Michael John. We're near Broadhead, Wisconsin, and we are just over halfway through our trip. And we just had some great cheese curds. And uh, how about you guys? What do you think of this place? That was a mighty fine grilled cheese sandwich, and that butter pecan was so fresh I got pecan shells in one bite. Nice. Anything to say about the cheeses, Sarah, or the trip? I am thoroughly enjoying the innovation of dill pickles in the grilled cheese sandwiches. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You're hearing the sounds of Broadhead, Wisconsin, and the cheese-making machinery behind us. And we're off. Here we go. So this episode's a little different. We're going to hear some segments we recorded on our journey to and from Wisconsin, and some excerpts from poetry and songs by Wisconsin guests. This episode, I'm joined by fellow Chicago multi-book clubber, Amy Scheiderman, who attended Wiscon this year. Amy. Yes. Tell me about yourself a little bit. What do you, why did you come to Wiscon? Yeah. I came to Wiscon because I am a fan of cons. Mm-hmm. I am a feminist, and I feel like I should attend a feminist sci-fi convention. And then when I heard Kelly Sue DeConnick was one of the guests of honor... I had to go because I'm a huge fan of Bitch Planet and her work. Okay, cool. Nice. I've seen you around at some of the other cons in the Chicago area, right? Yep. I've been to WindyCon and Capricon in the last couple of years, C2E2. Okay. Those are the major nice. ones I hit. What, um, what's Capricon like? I've never been. I've met, like been out of town every time for it. But. Capricon is not that different from WindyCon, okay. frankly. Um, they're both held in Westons, mm-hmm. and I do conflate the two in my mind okay. frequently. Oh, yeah. Because they're two different Westons in two different suburbs. Mm-hmm. They have very similar layouts, very okay. similar offerings. So if you like one, you'd like the other. And you're, you're in Chicago Nerds yes. Book Club? And what other book clubs are you in? I'm in a YA book club. So YA's Book Club for Fabulous Lushies, run by a friend of mine who is a YA librarian nice. in Oak Lawn. Very cool. Awesome. So you're at Wiscon. What are your, your first thoughts? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs way up. Thumbs way up. Awesome. Yes, cool. I had a great time. That's very cool. So we're going to talk about that a little more uh, in a second. But for right now, uh, we're going to read some events coming up here in the summer. Uh, June 22nd to 27th is the American Library Association Conference that will be running at McCormick Place. If you're attending, look for talks by many science fiction and fantasy authors, including Cameron Hurley, Andy Ware, Anna-Marie McLemore, Cory Doctorow, and many more. You might also be able to catch some authors doing events outside the conference. V.E. Schwab is doing a signing at Volumes Book Cafe in Wicker Park on Saturday, June 24th. Looking further down the calendar, you might be interested in MythCon, a mostly academic conference on Tolkien, Lewis, and related authors. That's July 28th to the 31st at Champaign-Urbana. July 30th is the Aurora Harry Potter Festival, although it looks like there is already a wait list for tickets. Apparently they were planning on like 500 people and they got like three to 4,000 responses oh, like wow. right away. Yeah, Everybody so. loves Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, and in August, you might be interested in MuseCon, which is a con focused on artists, musicians, inventors, and storytellers of all kinds. That's August 4th, 5th, and 6th in Itasca, Illinois, featuring guest of honor Catherine M. Valente. Which I am very excited about. I'm a big fan of hers. 
Um, some other book clubs you might like to check out. The Chicago Nerd Social Club has their book club meeting on July 10th at Volumes Book Cafe. This month we're reading Born by Jeff Vandermeer. And there's also a book club, the YA Book Club for Fabulous Leshies, as I mentioned before. Then we'll be reading Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo on August 13th. Cool. Where do they meet at? It varies. We usually meet for brunch somewhere. Oh, nice. So you will find an event on Facebook if you look up Geek Girl Illuminati. Okay. Brunch club. That's awesome. Yeah. Books and brunch. So you can find details on these events and many more at PositronChicago.com, as well as a few dozen book clubs a month. And you can also find a lot of miscellaneous events on Positron's Facebook page. Thanks. So we're we're a mile eighty or so. I wanted to do this knowing it was probably a terrible idea that will end in both of our deaths. But here is our on-bike Positron discussion. <laughs> That's right. This is Michael John, and we are uh, headed towards New Glarus, which is the home of the beer, if I'm correct. That's right. That. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have some New Glarus Brewery, probably a few other things. Oop, I got glass. Oh no, what was that? That was like uh, tinsel, like from a tree. Yeah, interesting. And and confetti is very much misplaced out here on the on the uh, Badger State, or is it still the Sugar River? I think we're on the Sugar River Trail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although this interview was a great idea. Sticks and speed bumps, so are are ever present. However. Uh, So, how do you think BikeCon's going? Yeah, I think it's going great. We've cool. got uh, all four of us are charging right ahead. Um, we're going to sample some of the uh, delectables of New Glarus here shortly. Uh, a couple of us are listening to Kelly Link's Pretty Monsters. Right. And we're about to start the Wizards of Purple. And uh, and I think things are just moving along quite well. Weather's good. No serious run-ins. Yeah. So we're doing a... Uh, some of us are doing a audio book club on the on route here so yeah i think kelly link was a great choice for that so what was the utopia or maybe no probably more dystopia where um everyone like if you didn't have a job, you could just go, like, basically walk in these big hamster wheels to make electricity. You know what I'm talking about? No. I feel like that might be H.G. Wells. Oh, I bet. That might be, like, a story of the days to come, or, um... Oh, that sounds like something. One of those, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it wasn't in the time machine, but, like... No, but... Yeah. The time machine. I when I when I finally did read that, uh-huh. it was it was not what I expected at oh, all. Yeah. You know, like going to this far future uh, and and kind of like uh, alien race or, or sort of like I think future human race. future human race, yeah. But like you know, looking completely alien. Mm-hmm. And like I think you know at that I probably read it right after the movie came out. Although I never did see which one the uh, the, the guy, guy Pierce, Pierce one yeah yeah um, film. But, but I, I you know that was 
not just great. Yeah. The time machine in, in name only. Yeah. Apparently. But, right. But uh, yeah, I I love how well Wells holds up. Um, yeah. He's got some nice turns of phrase, and they're so they're short uh, short reads too. So that's true. But no, I like the time machine a lot. The, I've always enjoyed because you know that Wells is. Well, you might know that Wells is such an active like socialist and such a right. political yes. critic yeah. so w- knowing that and then you're reading about like the Morlocks are the working class who have gone underground right. they're the only ones who know how to do anything and they're literally coming up to eat the stupid privileged people who are yeah. very pretty <laughs> you know right. like I know. oh I love it they're storming the Bastille yeah they eat them yeah wow huh. yeah I like Wells yeah I was reading a lot of his, um, like, other short stories. He's got a real range, because they're not all, like, science fiction. He does a lot of, like, pastoral stuff and some mystery stuff, some, like, kind of, like, weird just supernatural ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's like that with Verne, too. I, I, yeah. I really, I, no, gosh, everything I've read of Jules Verne is just uh-huh. fantastic. I've been wanting to carve out some serious, like, Verne reading time, like, make it a project or something. You know, maybe we should make an episode about Verne and, like, read... Because you know the thing about the translations... Yeah, oh, I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, the translations were crap until right. like 20 years ago. Right. And I know they're still going through and either translating them for the first time or for the first time translating them and not like dumbing them down and censoring them. Yeah, and it's really weird that the initial like full unbridged translations of yeah. Vern were coming from unexpected sources. They were. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like some kind of nautical society or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Weird. Yeah. Just like some like a yachting club or something that really liked Vern a lot. Yeah, oh, well, that's I cool. Think it, like scientifically oriented. But oh, okay. I don't know if it was kind of traditional uh, English kind of scientific culture or society, but I, I don't modern day versions of. Oh, that's really but, cool. But I'm, yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting. I was um, thinking about Vern a lot because at the the Rogue Aviator, the Other World show, yeah, it was like this diesel punk thing. And as I was thinking about it, I didn't really think about it at the show, but later as I was kind of digesting it, there's some interesting ambivalences at the end. Like, the good guys win and everything, but there's some kind of weird stuff about how the the villain works. And uh, it reminded me of Nemo. Um, Or, do you know Rober the Conqueror? No. Rober the Conqueror is another one of his stories. He's kind of a Nemo-like character. Oh, really? He's this character who hates colonialism and imperialism like oh, like yeah. Nemo yeah but he invents a flying machine oh. and like a military flying machine right. and and threatens to hold the entire world hostage until like his demands for peace are met basically oh, wow. and then I can't remember how it ends but um, not with world peace but with rover like flying off in disgust right. but um but yeah that could be a fun podcast we could like pick a pick a Vern that we either haven't read or haven't read a long time or maybe not a new translation because there's all the films and there's that could be a fun one. Oh yeah. Because they're so totally. influential. Um, oh yeah. Totally. What even are I mean other than around the world, um, uh, twenty thousand leagues. Is he voyage to the center of the earth? Uh, I believe so. Is that yeah. him? I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. Like what are the other big ones? Yeah, and then there's that that. Um, gosh, isn't there that adaptation of? of that's sort of a loose edit. What is it called again? It's a French film from about the 70s. Okay. With kind of a, a wave, uh, new age soundtrack that's. that's um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
find the name. Said my. What's like the? What's it about? Like. Uh, it's um. It's a, It's basically about like human captivity by aliens. Okay. Um, that are either more intelligent or stronger than, mm-hmm. than us, and um, sort of. And it's it's kind of like swift. It's Lilliputian. Oh wait, is it, that, like, is it the animated one? Yes. With yes. the huge blue giants. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think. Doesn't that come from Vern? It might. Is that um fantastic something? Fantastic, fantastic plan- planet. Fantastic planet. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah and the, the soundtrack's like really trippy. Yeah. Uh oh, fact check. Fantastic Planet is not based on anything by Jules Verne or Jules Verne. It was written by director Rene Lalou and writer Roland Topor, but additional fact check, it does have a really groovy soundtrack by Alain Goraguet. All right, welcome back. I'm here with Amy. We're talking about my third Wiscon, fourth Wiscon, your first Wiscon. What were some uh, What were some highlights for you? Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think, as I mentioned before, I was very excited to get to see her. Um, got plucked up my courage and talked to her. Oh, nice. Um, got a sticker for Bitch Planet, the non-compliant. Oh, nice. Which is a big thing in that universe. Um, right. And... Uh, yeah, she was amazing. And then Amal El Motar, the other guest of honor, is also somebody I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. And um, her readings were just beautiful. I think yeah. her Honey Month. Oh, you got to go to the Honey Month. The Honey Month. Oh, so it was a jealous. reading and a honey tasting. Yeah. I got on the wait list, and then I just kind of hovered around the outside of the room when they started, and they were able to fit in some extra people. So it was very oh, popular. Cool. We tasted three different honeys, mm-hmm. um, and she read some selections from her book. Nice. It was lovely. I, a uh, huge highlight for me was um, El Motar's reading uh, Friday Night at Michelangelo's with C.S.E. Cooney, which yes, I think you were there I for that too, I was at that. Right? Yeah. That was also a yeah. fantastic oh, piece of the weekend. That was just mind-boggling. Yeah, that was really, really good. Yes. Cool. What, um, what else? What Did you have any like panels you really enjoyed or other events that you like going to, parties or... I was just interested in kind of checking out the vibe. Um, there was a panel about collaboration that I really enjoyed that actually CSE Cooney and uh, Amal Amotar, along with Max Gladstone, and I don't remember who their moderator was, um, they um, gave a great talk about their experiences in different collaborations, okay. you know, writing together or, you know, producing different creative content yeah. well, with other people across the country or across the world. That's cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was. I've always wondered like how that works. People who co-write things. The and, internet yeah. makes all things possible. Yeah. Huh. That's really, really cool. So yeah, Wisconsin is just a blast. I, I discovered it almost by accident. How'd you hear about it? Do you have other people that were going there? Or? Yeah, through other friends and, you know, following some of the other Chicago nerds on social media, people had mentioned going. And in the past, there's been... It would seem like after WizCon, there would be a brouhaha about things that happened at WizCon. Mm. And so I was like, well, should I go? Should I not go? And this year, Kelly Sue, like I said, tipped it over for me. And cool. I'm really, really glad nice. I went. Yeah, there often does seem to be kind of like a brouhaha post-WizCon. <laughs> but it's always, I think, I think it's because it has really high standards in a mm-hmm. way that a lot of cons don't. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, it's one of the things I like about it. Uh, that's just kind of a side effect, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Deconic was great. Her her guest of honor speech was awesome. They're, yes. I mean, they're always kind of moving, but yeah, that was that was fantastic. I cried through all three speeches between hers and Kelly Sue's, and then Anne Marie's yeah. Tree Award uh, acceptance speech yeah. was also fantastic. That was also fantastic. And the and the song about when the moon was ours was sort of an odd little coda to that. That was fun. That, I guess that's a thing. That's they a tradition. Do. It's a tradition. They sing a song that about the. That was new uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. It was cute. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good wrap up. What else? What else about Wisconsin? Anything? Um, it's not really a cosplay convention, but I decided to cosplay oh, because yeah, that's right. yeah. there was the idea of the, the dance party of the floomp with all gender expressions. You know, let your freak freak flag fly and come as you are. And I decided to do my gender flopped Jareth the Goblin King yes. from Labyrinth, and um, got a lot of really great responses and just. But different than other cons I've worn it at, because mm-hmm. I can see 2E2, everybody was like, stop it, you can take your picture, can I take your picture, can I take right. your picture? And at WizCon, I got a lot of like, just like, wow, look, like, like they didn't want to like, bug me, mm-hmm. and I eventually one person got up the courage to ask me if they could take my picture, and I was yeah. like, of course you can, and somebody else was like, well, can I too? I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand here, and you can all take my picture, and it's fine. But it was just so nice, it was refreshing to have the choice. Yeah. And then walking into one of the smaller parties and getting a small standing ovation. Yes. Pretty good for the ego. Yes. So Very good. It was fun. Also synced up really nicely with the floomp, with the, uh, the fairy tales and magic. Yes. Yeah, it so. really, somebody was like, wow, you did a great job with the theme. I'm like, right. I was going to wear this anyway. Right. <laughs> Even if it had been like dystopian wasteland, you Don't still care. would have been great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm trying to think what else I went to. It's yeah. funny. There were some panels that I went to. There were so many choices as mm-hmm. part of the problem. Like, why don't we get time turners with our badges? Yeah, seriously. I mean, come on. There were always at least three things I wanted to do at any given session. I know. Wiscon is rough like that. Because a lot of times I'll go to cons. And even like the slightly, even the slightly bigger, like more organized cons, mm-hmm. they don't always even have something I want to do like every session. Right. Like there'll be plenty of time. I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll go hang out. Check out the dealer's room, you know, go wander around, meet mm-hmm. some people, something like that. But it was kind of like, there are like three things I want to be in every single session. So yeah. it's kind of like panicky when yeah. I'm not doing something. Yeah. Yep. It's rough. I mean, it's a great, it's a great problem to it have. It is. Like, I was not complaining at all, but yeah. yeah, it was just like, and then I'd sit down in a panel and then I'd be like, well, I don't know if this is quite what I wanted, but then like, well, I'm here. I'll just, I'll listen. And then they usually got something good out of yeah. it anyway. Um, so yeah. So there were panels that I went to that were great and panels that I was like, well, maybe I should have picked something else next time. Sometimes I went based off of who was on the panel. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't really know that I'm interested in that topic, but I love so-and-so. So That often, I think, is actually a better way to do it in a lot of ways. I'm learning that, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you know you like hearing someone speak, they'll be interesting, even if the topic isn't one that catches you right away. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, the, the paneling there is really good. I think they have a... Um, they have an unusually good crew of moderators, mm-hmm. which I think is something that a lot of cons lack, and they spend a lot of time thinking about that. And like, mm-hmm. I'm try- I don't know if this is a hard rule, but I think the first time you moderate at WizCon, you have to take the like how to moderate panel first. 
Okay. I, I can't, I'm not sure if that's a rule or not, but... It seems like a good rule. Yeah. Um, because I, that's something where I see like a lot of cons I go to that just get derailed because there's either like not a strong mod or like maybe a moderator who doesn't know how to rein in a panelist who's it's like going to control. It's a skill. Really Moderating is. is really a skill. Yeah. Because you have such a time crunch mm-hmm. and you're with near strangers yeah. and they might have ego things or not. They mm-hmm. might be sensitive about things or not. You don't yeah. know. and. Yeah, Wisconsin's usually usually pretty solid for that. Yeah, and it sounds like they do this the the green room thing where they mm-hmm. can go and meet ahead of time and kind of put their heads together. And a lot of people mentioned having already communicated via email about yeah. the panel ahead of time. They were all super prepared. Yeah. to talk about whatever it was they were there to talk about. Last year, I was on a panel about Sophia Samatar, um, who who I love. And um, the email chain for that someday, I want to like ask the other panelists if we could like publish it or something. What else? Anything else? I've come home with a reading list about as long as my arm. Yeah. Uh, where I feel like I'm behind in my new great classic sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. literature. So like, I went to the um, this Canon Aspired panel. Which oh, yes. You moderated I that or you were that. on it? I, I moderated that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And um, got some great ideas there of things that I had totally missed or like, I was meant to read that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to fill in those along with the book clubs I belong to. Right. I'm like, I'm going to be reading a lot more. Any like big things you added to your TBR pile for sure? Um, I've never read The Left Hand of Darkness. Okay. Ooh, you're in for a treat. Nice. So I've only ever read her Earthsea books. Okay. Um, so you're great. Yeah. No, I enjoyed yeah. them immensely. And Left Hand of Darkness has been on my bookshelf. Cool. And I just kept not reading it. It's one of those like, I should read that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't read it. Well, that is, I think, if there's one thing I'm sure is on, like, the canon that I want, like, it's the left hand of darkness. Like, okay. For sure. Yeah. I think it came back on my radar because didn't Chicago Nerd Social Club read it recently? Yeah, we I read missed it. missed that month. We read it back in, like, January or February yeah. when it was still wintry. Cause yes. It's a wintry book, so it seemed appropriate. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Cool. It might be a cooling book to read in the summer because it's all about, like, glacier okay. excursions. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that would be a good choice then. Cool. <laughs> Anything else on your to-be-read pile that jumped on there? Well, I bought Pretty Deadly, which mm-hmm. is Kelly Sue DeConnick's other comic series, which I had not read. Um, and so I'm looking forward to digging into that, which is kind of Old West fable But I don't have a good explanation for what it's about. It's gorgeous. Okay. And the opening story is a little vignette of two very odd people in a old west town mm-hmm. and violence erupts okay. and she they tell a fable about death falling in love with the most beautiful girl in the world and then she dies and death is left with her baby okay their baby okay and we're gonna go from there interesting and i'm like i don't know what this is about yet but it's i like it cool very <laughs> nice awesome oh, i'm gonna good. die with so many unread books on my the TV person with bed. the longest <laughs> tbr wins the longest yes oh so we just put a bunch of books and don't read them. The problem is that the way you get a longer TBR list is to read. Because every time you read one book, then it leads you to like three others. Yeah, so true. the more you read, like the it's like an exponential thing. You like okay. never get away from it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes oh, sense. Man. I actually knocked, I actually did knock or at least catch up on one thing from my list, which was mm-hmm. people have been telling me to watch Steven Universe for forever, especially at Wiscon. People yep. tell me, watch Steven Universe. And I was just always kind of like, eh, it's a kid's show, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. But then after uh, sort of weeping uncontrollably as um, Amal, like, sang songs from a show I'd never even seen, mm-hmm. I came home and immediately, like, binge-watched them all, so. Yep. You might even like being together, and if you don't, it won't be forever. But if it were me, I'd really want to be a giant woman.
turn into a giant woman. We all want to be a giant woman. Oh, yes. <laughs> Smash the, the glass valley beneath our heels. Was that not a beautiful metaphor? Oh, my gosh. I was in tears. Yeah. Her speech was it, amazing. It was super amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to... I've been enjoying some of her short stories and her poetry and stuff, but I'm going to follow her a lot closer, having heard her talk. Yeah, it was awesome. She's, her mind is so poetic. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was great. Yeah. It was really lovely. For sure. So, yeah. So, if you like what she and um, C.S.E. Cooney did at Michelangelo's, their group that they mentioned briefly, the Banjo Apocalypse Crenolin Troubadours. Troubadours, yes. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. It's her and Amal and two other of their friends. They have some videos on yeah. YouTube that you can go and watch some of their performances. They're, it's a lot like what they did at Michelangelo's. It's like story, music, poetry, all kind of blended together. Yeah, I want them to like go on tour more often. So yeah, <laughs> that seems like really, really cool. I was yeah. checking out a few of those. Apparently, they used to do ReaderCon all the time. And I don't know if they do anymore. Yeah, uh, which I think I'm, it's... I'm bummed about because I'm going to ReaderCon for the first time this year. And oh. when, I, when they said that, oh, we do ReaderCon, but I was like, oh my gosh. But then they're like, maybe not this year. I'm like, oh no, <sighs> but that's yeah. okay. They're all very busy. But yeah, that seemed like such a such a cool group. I could see them, I don't know, opening for the Decemberists or something like that. You know, they were just, they, <laughs> yeah. were, they were amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. Stranger stars to light my way. Lay low, lie low, lay low, lie. As I live, so let me die. I am stronger than December. She is sweet as May is mild. Take me now and not my sister, for she bears her lover's child. Up and spoke the flame, I demon. One is meat, but better three. Three to work my pits and quarries. Dinner's odd, her babe and thee. Lie, 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 lo, lie, lo, lay. Stranger stars to light my way. Lay, lo, lie, lo, lay, lie, lie. As I live, so let me die. But yeah, what else about Wiscon? Anything else kind of stick in your mind? Is As somebody who's been to other conventions, um, I was really struck by the different um, demographic mm. of that group. Mm. There's way more women, way more people of color, way more people with different gender expression. And it was just really comfortable for me yeah. there. Um, and it's not that I'm uncomfortable at other cons, but I feel like... I went by myself. You know, I mm. kind of found a last-minute room with somebody I didn't know um, through the internet and just was like, well, I'm doing this. And I knew people there. I knew you. I knew some. I had a couple of friends who were like, yeah, we're going to be there. Sorry, we don't have room for you in our room. Right. Um, and I ran into them and hung out with them, you know, throughout the weekend. But I just kind of did my own thing, which yeah. is a stretch when you're an introvert. But mm. I felt like I was stretching with a lot of other introverts at that convention. Yeah, I mean, they, they do a lot more to just kind of make it welcoming mm-hmm. and also just to make you feel safe. Like, there's not, like, awkward icebreaker things, but, like, I don't know. I really like the um, uh, like the color coding you can do on the badges. Mm-hmm. I really like the, the gender pronoun stickers on everything. Yep. It just, it makes it, um, yeah, there's just kind of a general attitudes about respect and making it feel welcoming mm-hmm. without feeling like you're pressured all the time. Yep. Which, yeah, I really dug a lot. Mm-hmm. It's Me very too. cool. Absolutely. It was great to see Amy at Wiscon. One of the things I love most about the con is is not just the big featured speakers and panels, although they're great, 
but all the little conversations and connections over the weekend. There's people there that I go to book club with every month, but there's also people I only see there once a year. Um, and it's kind of cool to process all these things we've been reading and thinking about and kind of reflecting on what the speakers have been saying and what we're hearing at the panels. Uh, Michael and I, who were uh, pretty beat from BikeCon, but starting to pack up for the return voyage, we had a, a really nice talk with Eli, who's a, a fellow Think Galacticon and the official BikeCon driver about the guest of honor speeches. So Eli, honest question. You've been telling me to watch Steven Universe basically since I met you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is it going to like destroy me when I watch it? Is it all that like powerful or like... It's powerful. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it depends on what you need, right? Okay. So it was the show that I wish I had had when I was an 11-year-old boy. And I didn't, because now I'm 34. But I feel like any 11-year-old children should get first dibs on that show right now in their lives. My kids are lucky. I will give it to them every time. But yeah, I think for you... I mean, it's not Samatar, right? Like, it's definitely a kid's show. But also, the characters are often known for singing their feelings. Yeah. And um, I will give bonus points to anyone in book group who decides to sing their feelings. <laughs> My bonus points are worth a lot, so yeah, that should be a bonus. They are. That's awesome. But I mean, to hear them all like quoting, gotcha. singing Steven Universe, yes. wasn't that wonderful? Yes. She was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it wrecked me. Yeah. Oh man. I saw. It, I saw. I... I saw it like like the moment it like reached into your heart and. Then, Wrenched it out. Oh man. Well, like, okay, so something like that, like, like what you just said, you know, that was the show that you should have had as an eleven-year-old, and it came twenty years too later. Not too late. It's later. And also, like that image she ended on with the giant woman, like that we were all forming, really helped bring together this idea that, like, so you go to WizCon and some things are great, and sometimes you have a panel and it's like everyone is angry and bitter or hurt or. Yeah. Oppressed or and legitimately so, right? But yeah. uh, her message of like we are going to form a giant woman even if we hate each other yeah. because <laughs> it is better than the alternative is yeah. one I believe in. Yeah. This is who we are. This is who I am And if you think you can stop me Then you need to think again Because I am a feeling And I will never end And I won't let you hurt my planet And I won't let you hurt my friends Go ahead and try and hit me if you're able Can't you see that my relationship is stable? I know you think I'm not something you're afraid of Cause you think that you've seen what I'm made of But I am even more than the two of them about is what I am. I am their fury. I am their patience. I am a conversation. I am a and a stronger than you. Amal El Motar quoted giant woman and stronger than you from Steven Universe in her guest of honor speech at WizCon, and it was amazing. Uh, Michael and I talk a bit about other con highlights after the break. We had to record part of the episode on the train, though, so apologies in advance for background noise. We'll be right back.
let's let's set the scene here. Yeah. We're back on the train. We just got back from Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, we're in Harvard right now. Yeah. Looking out the window, we can see the winding Charles River, um, the uh, chatter of 20-something 20, 20 future <laughs> world leader. I see um, parking lots, Jake. I can uh, I can hear the faint lilt of the, the blue-collar Southie accent. Oh, true um, that. Yeah. Um, and oh, there's MIT down just around the bend. There, right. see it. Oh, wait, that's a different... <laughs> a different, <laughs> a different oh, man, uh, it took me a while to catch on to that, Jake. I think a bicycle gun has really sort of uh, zeroed me out. I hope yeah, I have the, the mental facilities to... What we did, we did 85? Is that what we did? 85 miles today. Yeah. yeah, this is our return yeah. trip now from yeah. Madison, Wisconsin. I think we did, by my by my bike meter, we did 220-some total. That's right. Um, which is pretty cool. But, so yeah, um, the comic speech was awesome. Motor speech was very good. Um, yeah, I haven't really had time to, time to process it too much, time yeah. to think about it. I always get kind of like the Endicon blues oh, it's on, the, horrible. On, on the last day where I'm like, oh man, it's over already. In fact, that, um, that was my secret plan, Jake, is I wanted to leave early so that we wouldn't have to oh, the long goodbye, you know, lovingly yeah. say goodbye to everyone yeah. and, and tearfully. So, yeah, so it's tough. It was, it was a quick retreat for us this morning, getting up early, but it was worth it. Yeah. So let's go sequentially. Uh, okay. How about, um, you know, arriving at Wiscon Friday night? What, what stands out for you as far as Friday night, Friday evenings? Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing that stood out for me the whole weekend really was the, um, the reading and performance by Imal El Motar and CSE Cooney and Michelangelo's, which, yeah, it, we, we walked in together and yeah. that was astonishing. And I'm, I'm really kicking myself for not recording any of it, but. Uh, hopefully we can get some samples. I think that we are going to have samples. I've yeah. got, we've gotten some permissions already. We need some more. But by the time you're hearing this, I think listeners are going to cut to uh, a reading by Amala Motar and some uh, sort of emo folk from um, Claire Comey. Is that in Claire? Yeah. Okay, cool. But um, she's got initials. So. Okay. Um, yeah, that was just phenomenal. I... Uh, Wisconsin has definitely converted me to readings. I never used to like going to readings. I think maybe just because I got burned by a few too many people who are perhaps good writers, but not good readers. Right. Um, and way too many open mics through my life. Jake, uh, that was the only reading I went to this time, and I, I regret it. I, this is a, Wisconsin is always a great place to catch some new readers. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, new writers reading their work, and um, I may have yeah. missed that opportunity, but it wasn't yeah. for yeah, Wisconsin is lack definitely, of other material to see. Wisconsin's definitely changed my mind on that. Um, Samatar's piece last year um, was astonishing. Um, Kim Stanley Robbins, uh, Robinson's thing the year before. Right. Were you there for that? Yes. With, yeah. As uh, um, lights out and the whole oral experience. With, right. Yeah. Meaning is the hard problem. And Don Johnson was that year, too. Yeah, that's right. She did some music stuff, even in her uh, Guest of Honor speech. But. So anyways, that was a highlight for me. I, I think kind of of the whole weekend, at least in terms of like programmed events. Um, Motar is such a wonderful reader, uh, and I, I like her poetry a lot. It made more sense to me hearing it out loud. And, uh, and Cooney was just wonderful, just wonderful, just acapella. 
um, a little bit of harmonizing and, and duet with Motar, a little bit of audience participation, but just nailed it, which I think that just... That takes that takes ovaries, I guess, as a performer, right? It certainly does. Um, especially, I mean, when you're not normally an acapella artist, to go up there and just do a little song and dance and just nail it, just ten out of ten every song. Oh, um, it was, a, it was a, an emotional yeah. experience. Oh, I was weeping. I was weeping. I yeah. won't hide it. Oh, there, are, there aren't many times where you can oh. you can really say that this was this was a, a sort of the entire room was experiencing. I, I, I assume the same emotion. Yeah. I, I couldn't see because I, I had. Yeah, a, you were kind of. A I was looking through yeah. cl- cloudy, right. blurry eyes. Yeah. Because uh, there were several tear wrenching moments. Yeah. That, that, um, Claire Comey writes uh, some really amazing lyrics. Yeah. And yeah, really, really cool. Some of some of the uh, poetry recitation was in tandem with mm-hmm. uh, El Motar, and some of it was uh, they did a lot of independent work as well but yeah. they they really complemented each other greatly yeah. so they so they've done that before right um, they, they mentioned and they mentioned having like a little like troop that used to do some of this stuff so you know I think they've come come into the scene together really yeah. like they were kind of they, they've known each other they for mentioned a, long time. a couple other people that kind of like all entered the scene at the same time like I think they mentioned Cat Valente right right yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're, there's a there's a group yeah that, no, that was together. That was really, really fantastic. And um, works together well. I usually, when I go to Wiscon, the way I discovered Wiscon was presenting a paper on the academic track. Because um, the first year I was there, that's what I was there for when they were like co-hosting the SFRA, the Science Fiction Research Association. Uh, that's kind of how I found out about Wiscon. And I have done a paper every year since. This is the first year I haven't. Just because I, I'm working on things, but they're not particularly... Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't feel really right submitting it. Um, they're not like anti wiscon they're just not very concerned with Wisconsin areas of interest. Right. Um, but you were on a couple of panels. I was on a couple of panels, yeah. I was on um, a panel about uh, tropes with uh, Monica Valentinelli. Oh, um, right. She's sharp. Yeah, that um, Kate Lansky from Chicago moderated as a writer. Nice. Um, active with the Chicago nerds. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. A little loose, a little unstructured, but um, kind mostly talking about kind of like damaging uh, cliches and kind of like lazy tropes. Um, talked a little bit about how we have a lot of these kind of like fossilized uh, storytelling devices, like you know the you know the magical Negro or like the femme fatale. You know these like things that we all we all think are pretty objectionable objectionable now but for some reason we're still sticking them in all our stories um but that was very fun uh, valentino is a great great speaker um i just kind of chimed in a little bit um and then i moderated a panel on uh on canon questions on you know basically the question was like um what what kind of damage has been done by the exclusionary canons that we've tend to have you know where the you know, if you look at the Hugo winners or, you know, a lot of the big name anthologies or things like that, you know, it's like most other canons in the West. It's a lot of dead white, you know, straight men. Um, but that was a great panel. Um, the, the panelists got a lot of uh, a lot of cool ideas of how their reading experience was influenced by that, um, how they've moved past it, places to look for new things. Um, also, totally unexpected uh, shout out to the Think Galactic 
uh, reading list as a as a place to look for a new progressive canon. That's right. From uh, Ian Hageman, who's not a member of Think Galactic, but it's just or even from Chicago, but just familiar with their work. So that was really really cool. Right. That was and, cool to hear. Um, yeah, and Think Galactic does archive their uh, reading list back to inception. Yeah. Which so is, you can just go to the website thinkgalactic.com and uh, and and sort of peruse the uh, you know the state of uh, feminist and. Feminist works for yeah, like almost a decade now, more than a decade. I think it's been a little more than that. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, so that was a fun panel. Um, yeah, uh, I did. I attended a really nice uh, social justice and comics uh, panel mm -hmm. uh, early Saturday morning. Was that an academic one or a, like a roundtable? I'm sorry, it was academic. Okay. Uh, yeah, the three. Uh, participants were awesome, but uh, Nicole Masako Nomura did a really nice um, piece on being subtle, explicitness, feminism, and science fiction in Bitch Planet. And okay. it was really interesting because she sort of uh, drew the line of, of at least one of the ways in which Bitch Planet is really special mm. is that it 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 doesn't play around with subtlety at all. Right. There's, there's no two ways to interpret right. that, that which that which goes on. So it it's really sort of it it's hits you over the head with a message and if you're sympathetic to it, you just like like we are, we sort of we say rah rah and and it helps us maybe to, to move into action. Right. It's I mean, we... it's not playing around with sort of any kind of dualism or you know multiple interpretations, right? It, it, and um, yeah, uh, no, Ms. Ms. Nomura did a great job of outlining uh, like that sort of aspect of Bitch Planet that that maybe you know in the future is we need a little bit more of. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that at Pink Galactic when we read it, um, and you know, kind of applauding it. I mean, pointing it out, but applauding it that. Yeah, these aren't these aren't topics that we need subtlety on. Much to, to my chagrin, I think to, some readers like bounced off of the piece, be, yeah. possibly because of that. And I think that's that might be saying a little bit more about the state of literary criticism, or at least lay criticism, that um, we're, we almost expect a subtlety or a multiple interpretation uh, message. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be so. I mean, I, I know my. And without it, we think we are not reading art. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but um, my my issue some was some light bulbs went on for me during this academic yeah. presentation. My issue was it was um, when we read it, um, just because I had only read the first collected trade, um, is I, I didn't feel like it had developed enough complexity yet for me to sink into anything. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't so much the lack of subtlety. And it's not that it's maybe not a complex work, but mm -hmm. it was really straightforward. I got what it was starting to do, um, but it hadn't done enough of it yet for me to say much about it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Fair hey, enough. do you have any other any other good panels on Saturday? Another academic panel I went to, Jake, uh, that that yielded a, a, a reading list uh, entry was Lorelei Lai. Um, sounds like it's kind of like a modern sort of like experimental poet who's sort of channeling some of the um, characters and character voices like Rachel from uh, Blade Runner the the uh, 
the android uh, from that story and and like other like really interesting and new forms of speculative fiction poetry that like I've I've got to pick up at least one book of of uh, Lorelei Lai. How about yourself? Did you did you add to the add to the growing list of uh, to be to be read? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think most of it for me was some some comics I want to check out now. Um, I, I want to read some of DeConnick's other stuff. Um, definitely um, Pretty Deadly and uh, Monstrous. Um, that, that's her, right? Actually, that's Marjorie Liu. That's Marjorie Liu. Okay, maybe DeConnick was just talking about Monstrous. Right, Someone she was. was. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That is highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, also, um, but if you're looking for more DeConnick, at least from um, something that you can pick up readily is uh, Captain Marvel on on uh, from Marvel Comics. Okay. And her runs there are basically definitive. Okay. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of other books. I, my notebook's kind of packed away right now, so I have to <laughs> go through and see what I can glean from all my notes. But there were quite a few. Um, right. I know I've I've had Sarah Monette on my radar for a while, um, and one of the academic panels I went to. While the while the paper itself didn't persuade me, it did persuade me that I should read Sarmanet, who I think is the the pen name of Catherine Addison. Is that right? Yeah. You know, right, right. actually, I believe you've got that inverted. I think oh, okay. uh, Catherine Addison is a pen name of Sarmanet. That's correct. Yeah. One of those noms de plume. Yeah. Right. Sean and McGuire and others are. Yeah. Con- it's just so confusing. Not James to be S. A. Corey. Not to be confused with the uh, nom de garden. Very, very different. Um, well, I, you know, some writers are crystal gems, as we'll, we'll probably discover next month when we tackle the the expanse. Oh, yeah, that's and right. They're, they're they're combinations of two yeah. uh, other writers, and they're, they're greater than the sum of their parts. I'm but, told. So you bring up the other thing that's now at the top of my to to enjoy list, which is Steven Universe, which mm-hmm. people in Wisconsin have been telling me I need to see since I started going to Wisconsin. I've never gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. After um, after many 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 panels mentioning it, and Motar's guest of honor speech reducing most of the audience to tears by singing songs from Steven Universe. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to check that out. Let me do one more thing. You mentioned Amal Motar, and uh, the, the last thing I want to mention on Sunday was uh, an actual honey tasting with 20 of her closest Wiscon friends. Uh, well, not really. You needed to be uh, lucky enough to sign up and, and probably pick up your badge and registration materials uh, when the sign-up was still open. Right. But uh, we actually did a honey tasting. Now, um, Ms. Motar, guest of honor at Wiscon, uh, has one of her most notable works uh, out there is 28 Days of Honey. And it was basically... Um, a month of honey, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. The honey month. The honey month. It's the honey month. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. Right. And which is poetry, right? It's like a chapbook. It's a chapbook of poetry. It's it's an entire month of poems inspired by different types of honey that were shared with Ms. Motar by a friend of hers during one of her loneliest periods 
uh, I think when she was uh, living in the UK somewhere. Okay. And um, and each poem is, uh, I mean, again, Ms. Motar has a, a way of reducing audience members to tears, uh, but not all of these poems are sad. She, she originates from Syria, and so um, a lot of her poems dealing with that subject matter are particularly tragic, but uh, there were some um, rather erotic, there was at least one erotic uh, poem that she recited that kind of had people squirming in their chairs. Nice. In a good way. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Damascus, Dimashk, is a song I sing to myself. I would find where she keeps her mouth, meet it with mine, press my hand against her palm and see if our fingers match. She is the sound, the feel of coins shaken in a cup, of dice, the alabaster clap of night-claiming rook of kings castling. She's the clamor of tambourines and derbeki, nais sighing, qanuns musing, the complaint of you merchants with spice-lined hands and there is dust in her laughter. I would drink it. Dry my tongue with this noise, these narrow streets, until she's a parched pain in my throat, a thorned rose growing outward from my belly's pit, aching fragrance into my lungs. I need no other. All right. All right. <laughs> so, conditions are difficult, the train's getting full, and we are headed home. Yeah. So, we're happy about that. We're um, ready to get back to our regular lives. WizCon was another awesome experience. Yeah, super great. Um, it's, al it's always great. This year was no letdown. Uh, excited for next year? Yeah, um, 42. Yeah. WizCon, the universe, and everything. I don't think that's the theme. The guests of honor look fantastic. There's yeah. Tananer if Due. Mm -hmm. uh, which was a, at least within the last year, I think, Galactic uh, Book Club entry. And. Saladin Ahmed. Yeah, who is. Uh He's, a, he's cool. He's, a, he's someone I follow on Twitter and really get a kick out of what he's doing with comics. Um, he's writing for Black Bolt. He has a, a novel that is tons of fun that probably will wind up on Think Galactic List. Um, so yeah, should be a good year. It's going to be awesome. So until then, thank you, listeners, and uh, thanks for permitting a little e extraneous background noise. <laughs> Positron Chicago, signing out. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening to this Stitched Together creation. Thanks so much to Amy for joining us this time. If you're interested in the book clubs we mentioned, check out chicagonerds.com and look up the Geek Girl Illuminati. BikeCon 2017 was brought to you by Think Galactic. Check them out at thinkgalactic.org. In July, we're reading The Trader Baru Cormorant by Seth Dickinson. And in August, we're reading the most recent tip tree winner, Anna Marie McElmore's When the Moon Was Ours. Infinite gratitude to Amal El Motar and Claire Cooney for allowing us to use some clips of their songs and poetry. Both of the recordings you heard today were courtesy of the Banjo Apocalypse Crinoline Troubadours. Look them up. You won't regret it. You can read and listen to a lot of Amal's poetry, essays, and short stories at amalelmotar.com. The clip you heard towards the end of this episode was from Song for an Ancient City. You can read that at Mythic Delirium, 
as well as listen to a reading by Amal and a reading of the poem in Arabic by her father, Osama El-Motar. Check out Cooney's work at csecooney.com, which includes a nice Wiscon write-up and set list, and you can hear lots more of her music at brimstonerhyme.bandcamp.com. The song you heard today, Two Sisters Lionheart, is from her Candletown song and fiction series. If you're curious about that really brief reference about uh, Kim Stanley Robinson's reading, that's from The Hard Problem, an audio project he did with Marina Abramovich. You can hear that all online at the Arthur C. Clarke Center for Human Imagination, and I highly recommend it. That groovy track early in the show was from the soundtrack to Fantastic Planet, composed by Alan Gorigay. We also featured songs from Steven Universe, created by Rebecca Sugar. The songs are available on the Steven Universe soundtrack, Volume 1, Copyright Cartoon Network. That's Zach Callison singing on Giant Woman, and Estelle on Stronger Than You. As always, huge thanks to Pelafina for providing our theme music and lots of incidental greatness. You can find out about their shows at facebook.com slash Band, and you can listen to their tunes and pay whatever you want for downloads at pelafina.bandcamp.com. Like the Crystal Gems, Pelafina is also noted for splitting apart into individual members and recombining with strange new powers. This Saturday, June 24th, you can catch Dan and Katie as part of Bosley Mongo at Nacho Treehouse in Union, Illinois, and Dan and Troy are playing as part of City Mouth at Centennial Lanes in Tinley Park on June 30th. But the one to put on your calendar, July 8th, you can catch Pelafina in its entirety, for free, at Sergio Palooza in Logan Square. That's going to be a really fun show, so check their Facebook for details. If you like our show, please consider leaving a comment or rating wherever you listen. It really means a lot to us. Check out PositronChicago.com for extra show notes and lots of info about book clubs and other geeky events around Chicago. Questions, comments, want to be on the show? Find us on Twitter or Facebook, or drop us a line at PositronChicago at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Don't wait for me.